What's up, guys? It's Miki, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. I just want to start off by welcoming Switzerland and Zimbabwe to the BK family. So happy to have you guys here. I've always seen when we added new states and stuff as well. So shout out to New Jersey and Minnesota. I also have a lot of different cities in Cali that listen, and you guys have been listening for a minute. So thank you to you guys, too. Shout out to all of you all of you guys, no matter where you listen from, I thank you guys so much for all the love and support. Even if you hate me and listen, thanks. You're the best. (laughs) So the first thing that I want to discuss this morning is having kids in close age. So I saw this IG video of this woman who intentionally had her kids close in age because it was a 10-year age gap between her and her closest sibling. Now, we have a whole episode discussing the age gap between siblings. It's becoming a favorite that I'm seeing. And so I highly recommend checking it out. It's called, Does an Age Gap Between Siblings Really Matter? And on that topic, since we've discussed it before, I just wanted to tell you guys some of the comments that were underneath the video. That way it can also give different perspectives on this situation. So one of the comments was, um, hold on, let me make sure I find it. Okay, here we go. Somebody, this is a mom. She said, I love this because in the video, I don't know if she told exactly how close in age they are, but they're obviously a lot closer than 10 years apart. And she showed their bond and their relationship and how it just looked and how they, that noise is killing me. Do y'all hear that? Okay, sorry. But (laughs) she just showed their bond and how close they were and all these different things. So one of the, one of the people that commented, she's a mom. She said, I love this. My babies are 10 years apart and it's definitely an interesting journey. Um, another lady said, my mom is a twin yet. She has also, yet she also has a sister that is 11 years younger. My brother and I are 11 months apart. If I don't have twins one day, I will have my kids close together. I absolutely do not, she put that in all caps, do not want age gap children. The bond is different. Um, Another lady, yes, this is a mom. She said, thick as thieves. My kids are 11 years apart and I regret it coming from a family of six being the oldest and close in age. So, I mean, there was also another guy's comment that I couldn't find. And he said, I think there was a 10 year gap between him and his brother. And he said that they are still close and it just depends on each situation and different sibling dynamic, which I highly agree with. We discussed that in that episode, which is why I highly recommend you guys go back and listen. But we discussed the difference and there are levels to it. Once you get past the certain point, literally in the brain, even though they are siblings, it starts to register as a parental figure versus an actual sibling. And as speaking from personal experience, as a person who has been, and it also makes a difference, it, are they boy and girl? Are they all boys, all girls? Do they have things in common and different things of that nature? It's just like any other human relationship. It needs either some things in common or 
even if not, it's just going to take an insane amount of work. Just because you are related and born in the same family doesn't mean you automatically like each other and there's going to be a super tight bond, which is why I think it's so important for the parents who like prioritize that because that's not the first time that I've heard that. I remember I was watching a whole bunch of different reality TV shows. Like if I'm not mistaking, don't sue me and don't quote me on this if I'm wrong, but on like when Kourtney Kardashian first started having kids, she was very hell bent on them being close in age. And I think I've heard the other ones talk about that as well, that they want their kids close in age because I mean, it really does make a difference. And it's not to say that you still can't be close. You absolutely can still be close, but it changes the power dynamics depending on how many years, what's the difference and all that kind of stuff. And we break that down. When I tell you it's levels to things and everything in life, it truly is, but we break that down in that episode. So I highly encourage you guys to go back and listen. And just remember, this isn't to shame or anything. I just wanted to share some different perspectives on a topic that we've already discussed. And I would love to get more from you guys, or if I see more, I will be more than willing to share more. Now, don't feel bad if there is a huge age gap because some people prefer it. I mean, hello, you have help. Imagine having like three kids under five at the same time. That is stressful. Then you look at it from another perspective and you're like, oh my God, they're all going to get out of the house about the same time. How beautiful is that? I, I just think you, you have children and you build your family in your time, in your way, without government involvement or other people's opinions, even though people are going to give it. Um, And you just do what's best for you, your life and your kids. Like you do what's best for you and your family. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Next thing that I want to discuss on this week's episode is I have a question from my ladies. All right, ladies, listen up. Have you ever peeped something that a guy has done or something and it changed your mood? And I mean, the reason I say ladies, I'm talking about from the the perspective of noticing something that a guy has done or said, but honestly, all of us have intuition and we can all peep different things. I just think we as women, we're more keen to look for different signals and things versus a man. And I mean, they don't really have to look for certain things because they get to live their best life, you know? <laughs> so ladies, have you ever peeped something and it changed your mood? Let's talk about me. All right. Let me put myself on the chopping block. So mine used to change drastically. Like when I notice something or peep some or some made me feel some type of way, mine would change drastically. Like, okay, motherfucker attitude commence. All right. Attitude commence. Now I'm aware. Um, and I try to laugh it off. That is my goal. Now, sometimes a lot easier said than done, depending on what it is and depending on how the information was presented to me and how I was, and how I picked up on it. So now that I am aware, I really do try to laugh it off. I actively own what I feel in the moment. I don't laugh it off as if, this isn't relevant. This isn't important. No, not at all. Like I want to acknowledge why I feel the way I feel that way I can get to the root of the issue. So I actively own what I feel in the moment. And I talked, and I talked myself into exhibiting fruits of the spirit versus fruits of the flesh. Can't think of the scripture about fruits of the spirit right now. Uh, if I remember, I'll link it, but fruits of the spirit is basically being a good person. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
forgiveness, love, kind, all that. These are not the words, but being a good person. My flesh is me acting out of my emotion and doing stuff that uh, I don't think God would be too pleased with. But it, it would satisfy me in the moment. I'll definitely say that. But that's not good. And sometimes the conversations with myself take longer than others when it comes to choosing to exhibit the fruit of the spirit because it's so easy to live out the flesh. We peep shit. Men don't even think we peep. And it connects to something either you could be insecure about or seeing something reminds you of how their words and actions don't combine. It's definitely unfortunate, but it happens. I'll speak for myself. Sometimes it's sad because I can feel intimacy being blocked or depleted. And intimacy is not always sexual. There are so many ways to be intimate with a person that doesn't even have to be a romantic partner. The definition of intimacy is close familiarity or friendship, closeness. When the words and actions don't align, it doesn't just kill the trust. It kills the intimacy. And I don't know which is more unfortunate. Because they kind of go hand in hand when you really trust a person. You show them sides of you that others don't see, tell them things others don't know, and feel safe in their presence with them. You know not, now I know that you're not out here being raw and exposed like that in front of just any person that comes up. And I mean, there are some people that do that, so I can't say All of us are not out here doing that. There are some people that will literally expose and emotionally dump on anybody who allows them to or comes into their presence. But most of us, we're not out here just being raw and vulnerable and exposed in front of just any and everybody. It also takes away from a person's good moments. What if the words and actions align for that moment? But then you see them doing something else or have something else or respond to something else. And it contradicts what they are telling you and showing you in that moment. Does it make you, does it make what they do not genuine at all? That's the question that I pose because that's something that I have definitely struggled with. Does it make what they do with you not genuine at all? I used to think that felt like it was an act or just like a show to me manipulation in its own way. But that's not always the case. And listen, don't, and I mean this with all emphasis, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that everybody whose words and actions don't align want the best for you. I'm kind of pessimistic, so I believe the latter first, manipulation and selfishness. But I am trying to be open to people, you know, and see the good with the bad, accept them for being human, right? (laughs) And that's why it's so important to recognize people's true intentions for you. That's something that we talk about on BK all the time. It's dealing with the uncomfortableness of the gray area, yet more of a reality than black and white. Now, not only am I trying to respond better, and not punish the person as a whole for each situation because it gets to a point where it's like not only do I not want to have to punish a person all the time but it's just not my place like who died and made me God nobody who died and made me judge and jury nobody who lived and made me judge and jury or made me God nobody I should be approaching it from a place of trying to understand get to the root And when I can't, releasing that and accepting it for what it is. And can I just say, 
that women can handle more than men give us credit for. And sometimes even other women. But we really can handle a whole lot more than what we get credit for. Again, let me put myself on the chopping block. I'm not coming for you guys. I'm coming for myself. Now, I've responded to certain things in different ways that killed the privilege of me having access to certain situations and certain information. Although very annoying, I'll deem it as fair. The reactions I had fall on me, even though the situation may have been fucked up. I'm responsible for how I chose to respond to it. I talk about it all the time. Know what people can handle and be wise with sharing. That's real shit and I do it myself. So I could do nothing but respect the fact and own my behavior. However, it made me analyze the hell out of how I respond to certain things and why. And why now when I wouldn't have cared back in the day? And although so many factors apply, men, not all men, of course, have this way of doing things in a shady way or in a selfish way and then getting mad at the way the girl reacted to it. I've also had situations where I compartmentalize much better and very well to the point where when I was thinking back on certain situations, I was like, me being able to compartmentalize and basically like separate this from that, this and that, fact or fiction, or put this in a box, or yes, this and this can apply to a situation at the same time, which I still try to compartmentalize in other areas of my life, right? But I used to be way better even with certain situations when it came to people back in the day. And I was really trying to analyze why was that the case? Why was that so? So what I came to the conclusion of was because I knew what to expect and not to expect from those people back then. And I understood the situation for what it was and didn't try to make it more. Now, females do have a problem with that, making something deeper than it is, accepting bare minimum like it's the best thing in the world because standards have fallen so low. And when I say, I think also thing is, even though I used to be very naive about people, I had a lot of people in my life, um, how should I put this? They kind of were like me in the sense, they didn't really mind being the villain. Like they didn't give a fuck. They just accepted the fact some people were going to love them. Some people were we're going to hate them. And kind of the same way, um, there are people that are going to love me. There are people that are going to hate me. I'm the hero in some people's stories. I'm the villain in others. I'm supportive character in some. I'm the lead in others. You know what I mean? Like, well, I should say in mine, not in other people's stories. They should be the lead of their own stories. Um, And it's a, it was just a different level of not really caring about what other people think. You can... <sighs> That's not the only way to describe it. And I wish I could explain it more. But and I remember having someone tell me they're like, you and this other person, y'all just don't care what people think about y'all and this and that. And we, we really didn't <laughs> I mean we were going to say what we wanted. We were going to do what we wanted. Now, of course, the older you get and the more mature you get, you have to be wise again, try to exhibit fruits of the spirit and not just do anything or say anything to anyone, whether you love them or not, just because it's not kind. But it was kind of like full raw version of ourselves. It wasn't 
society needs to see me as this good person. I want society to see me as this good person. I want to justify in my head that even though I'm doing fucked up shit, I'm still good at my core, which in a sense, yes. In a sense, yes, right? Because just because somebody messes up and it will be more than once because you're human, it doesn't mean that they're bad all around, right? Or that they're bad all together. But it is, uh, um, I heard this guy talk about this one time, uh, Shan Booty's husband. She has a podcast. I think, I don't even just want to, I don't want to call her like a sex therapist, but she's like really she knows a whole bunch of information about bodies and sex and different connections and things. She has a podcast. And I think she does some other things. I would highly recommend checking her out too. She's really good. But her husband was describing like his whole phase one time and basically was saying how, you know, even though he was, and this is very loosely translated, even though he was out here kind of like doing his thing or whatever, he still didn't want to be seen as the bad guy. And he, you know what I'm saying? Like he rationalized being a good guy, even though he was similar to the other guys, you may not be slapping them. You may not be calling them out their name, but some of the behavior, the shadiness, the shystiness, the secretiveness is one and the same. You're just nicer with your version that you put out. Right. And so that's what he was breaking down. And if I had the clip, I would play the clip. And he does a much better job of kind of breaking down the guy that is um, out there. You know, uh, another term that we say is for the streets, right? But they're just a lot nicer. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, in my opinion, those are the more dangerous ones. Can you imagine being a nice guy that's for the streets? Who doesn't want the nice guy? I mean, because girls will take bad guys for the streets. So who's not really going to be like, oh, at least he doesn't hit me. At least he doesn't cuss me out. You know, at least he doesn't mentally drain me. Oh, we have great conversation, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like you miss that they still do similar things that the other ones do. They just clean theirs up a lot better. And theirs is accepted more. It's like the Drake versus future. You know what I'm saying? Like, Drake be saying some of the most toxic things in the world. We still love you. Love you, Drake. But Future says it, and it's like, oh, my God. It's Future. Why would you say this? Why would you do this? Blah, blah, blah. But they be saying one and the same in their own ways. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we just accepted more one from the other than not, you know, more one. What am I trying to say, guys? We accept it more from one person versus the other. That sounds better. <laughs> and so that is the best way I can try to paint that picture and paint that example. But back to females having a problem with making stuff deeper and stuff and accepting the bare minimum. Um, that's definitely a problem for females. We have got to stop that. I don't know what happened because I'll even say I used to believe in love back in the day. And I can't say that I 100% don't believe in love anymore, but my perception of it just being easy. And I know everybody goes through their own trials and tribulation, but I thought finding love was a lot easier. Like I thought shows used to dramatize finding love and really like, and not just like lust, I mean love. And then I thought, okay, well, if you find it, human beings are not going to fight against it. Human beings are not going to stand in their own way. And then you get older and then you learn that everybody has baggage. Everybody has trauma. Everybody has, none of us view life 
100% the exact same way. None of us view relationships 100% the exact same way, nor do all of us even believe in the same God or everything. So there are so many different factors that play into it where when you're younger, it's just like, grow up, get married. You know what I'm saying? I'll find the love of my life. Like, that's nothing. That's just, that's a part of life. That's just a part of it. Like, and it's going to come easy. It's going to be easier. I'm telling you, maybe I was a little naive. I thought it'd be easier to find love than to like get like a dream job. You know what I'm saying? I was very realistic about working and different things and all that. But I thought it would be a lot easier to find love. And I'm not just saying from the other people's perspective. Like I think we ourselves self-sabotage being in love again because we all have baggage we all have trauma we're like nah I've seen that I know what that looks like I don't want that for me or "Mm, felt this pain before there is no way I'm ever feeling this again and sometimes the people who drain us the most or the people who hurt us the most get the best parts of us versus the people who are trying to love us and be there for us. And it's not to say that even the people who love us and are trying to be there for us won't mess up, but they get a whole different version and it can be an unhealed you or you can be a healed you with walls that were never up before. And I think that's like the saddest thing, like the best people or the people that are really supposed to get the best of us don't even get it. I'm going to say 95% of the time because of the people who have tried to take it from us, drain us of it, or just strip us completely of what we loved, what we like, and who we are. You know what I mean? And you not only sometimes are cheating yourself, but then you're cheating the person who deserves the best part of you. And that just makes me really, really sad. So I hope we all get better with that. And I'm including myself with that. I am. I'm including myself with that. And or another point that I had, or because they feel like everybody is suffering, find the one worth suffering for. I've had this conversation with multiple different women, um, more recently, closer in my age. And it went from us like believing in like true love and all this kind of stuff. And I still believe true love exists. I still believe you can have happy, healthy marriages. I just was in denial about how much work it would be. Like I thought you just worked 10 times harder when it was just really bad, but there's work before the work. And again, another question that would have been answered had I just opened my Bible, but oops, the goal is to find your purpose. If I can give any suggestions, and again, it's a suggestion. I'm not telling you what to do. The goal is to find your purpose. Get right with God first. Get right with God. Build a relationship with God. Find your purpose because you can be in love with somebody all day long, but ooh, if they derail you from fulfilling your God-given purpose, yikes, not the one. They can be as hot as whatever. They can lick you up and down in the ways that you've never been licked up and down before, but baby, If they derail you from what you've been put here to do, that's a problem. Don't matter how good they look. You should. I ain't saying you got to. I'm suggesting you should let them go because it's so much more and looks will fade. You know what I'm saying? You can, your God-given partner is not just to fulfill the purpose. Like they will be well-rounded. They will have, they will meet all of your needs. You don't have to settle on just one that meets a couple. You know what I'm saying? Like my fear is to really be in a relationship. It's good enough. 
You know what I'm saying? Like it could be better, but it's not the worst. And I'm content, but I'm not thriving. That is like, I don't want to not thrive in any area of my life and especially relationships because, and I don't care whether it's romantically or not, that's just too vital. The relationships in your role help shape you. The relationship in your role in your life help shape you. The relationships, um, they help just paint different experiences in life and everything for you. Relationships are one of the most important things. Like we were supposed, we're literally human beings built for connection. That's why we feel so empty and stuff without it. And it's not to say don't learn how to be okay with being alone. I think everybody should be okay with being alone. If you can't be alone with you, then you'll be codependent on the relationship or the people in your life. You got to be okay with being alone with you. You're gonna, you came into this world alone, you're gonna die alone. Even if you were a twin, one came out first by yourself. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be okay with being alone. You gotta be okay with it just being you and God, if you believe in God. And then, and then like add all the other wonderful, wonderful pieces that come with life. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, um, but yeah, women, we have, we definitely have to get do better. And men aren't the only ones that have a jaded perception of love. Sometimes when I talk to people, it's more often than not women that have a very jaded perception. Like, I think there's this thing like, oh, women just can't wait to be married and be in a relationship. A lot of us are scared of shit now, scarred, um, trust issues uh yeah like I said what I thought love would be and what it would look like is not that at all (laughs) what I thought would the sea of options that would be great for women like I just thought it would come easy not just to just me but I was like out of all the hard things in life and out of all the things I've seen love should not be this hard you know what I'm saying? Not hard at all, but I mean, it should come to all of us. The shows were not being dramatic at all. All right. So women, they tend to, I think both parties, especially if you're in your 20s and stuff, I can't really speak because I'm not in my 30s, 40s, 50s, latter years or anything. And if you can, please don't take offense. I'm just not there yet. So I don't want to speak as if I am, but I know for a lot of us in our twenties, dating in this generation is crap poo. Everybody has a different perception. Um, should sex be involved? Should it not? Do you believe in God? Do you not? Are we casually dating? A lot of people are casually dating. And I've talked about on an episode before, if you casually date, that's on you. I have no problem with it. No judgment here. All right. BK is a judgment free zone. Um, but I understand biblically why we're not supposed to do it. You're supposed to be intentional. Yes, you can date, but date with no purpose. Like, what is the point of you? Like, I think even people, when they casually date, they'd be like, I'm just doing it to do it, you know? But even then, you kind of have a sense to, you want to get to know the person. That's why you're dating them. That's a start and a point, you know? Like, our generation has done such a great job with making everything meaningless that how in the hell do you know when something is really special or real anymore? Because everything is no big deal. 
everybody gets access on the same level. Everybody gets the same things. Things that people say were a big deal all of a sudden become not a big deal. And I'll give grace for that because maybe you just felt like at that point in your life, it really was no big deal. And then you, you know, you experience it or you want to experience it. You're like, maybe it is or vice versa. Maybe it's really not. And what's a big deal to some is not a big deal to others, right? We're all different, but I think our generation does a great job at just making everything meaningless. Um, and I thought that it was just marriage, but now dates seem meaningless. Sex seem meaningless. Building true intimacy with a person seems meaningless because people are just either doing it because they feel like they have to or because they're lonely and it's still not filling them in ways that they thought they would be fulfilled. Now people have had access to your energy, had access to your body, had access to your mind, and everybody is not supposed to have access to you in that way. I mean, friends, foe, family, random hookups, they're just not. Like, it's levels to everything. And we have to be intentional about who we let in. Because even if you are not penetrating them, even quote unquote vibing with the person, you'd be surprised how their energy can rub off on you. You'd be surprised at how they are distractions. Y'all really think the devil don't send distractions? And you really think one of the easiest ways that he would do it? It's through people, right? Like, y'all know that? If you don't, I'm here to tell you. One of the easiest ways that he does is through people. Because there's always a sense of loneliness, right? There's always a sense of, I need to feel like I belong and this and that. I mean, the easiest way to distract a person, derail them from their purpose, steer them away from God is through relationships. The easiest way to mentally break somebody down, break their heart through relationships. And it's not all romantic. One of the easiest way to put trauma in a person's life is through what? Relationships, whether it's parental, whether it's family, friends, business, coworkers. I mean, because we're built and designed for connection, but we have to use the tools and the discernment to build with the right people and give grace for all of us, whether we love them or not, and have healthy boundaries. We need healthy boundaries. And when it comes to men, um, a lot of them are fine you know, with relationships because in their head, I can't, and again, this is not apply to all men. This is not apply to all men, but speaking from the experiences that I've seen so far in my 20, men are fine as long as they can keep whoring it out and then they settle down when they're ready. That is such a pet peeve of mine, not on the whoring it out, whatever, do what you do with your body. But the everything on a man's time, like what? There needs... If we're building a life together, it's we are building a life together. Your decisions affect my life and vice versa. If you're building for yourself, that's fine. But whether even if I think men miss how their actions indirectly affect other people because they're usually just allowed to be so selfish. And from conversations that I've had with my friends, a lot of men don't realize how selfish they are until it's pointed out because it's their normal. It's like, oh, shit, that that kind of is selfish or shit. It really is all about me. I never even stopped to consider her feelings or how this would affect her and blah, 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 blah. But that's why conversations are important. Not to like condemn and like come down. You know what I'm saying? And I have my moments where I go in. I definitely do. And I'm not right about that. But um it's really all of us need these conversations to help understand. Cause I would love, I would love to believe 
and like love the way I did when I was like a little kid again. Not to be naive, but have that child faith, childlike faith and love. Like really believe that it's out there and really believe that we'll all get access to it and that we really have the potential to, you know, to actually have that. I would love to have that perception again. And unfortunately right now I just don't, but I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I want to look at love in a healthy way and, and, and dating and marriage and, and kids and everything in a healthy way. Um, it's just going to take work because I have traumas. I have triggers and I've experienced a whole bunch of different people. And again, which is why we're supposed to be protective, whether you're vibing out or not, whether it's romantic or not, people's other people's experiences, they shape you as well. <laughs> The people you encounter, they shape you as well. The stories that they tell, it either opens your mind up in the right way or maybe triggers something to go in a negative way. But either way, all of us affect each other directly or indirectly. So we have to be protective of our space, our energy. Plus, you're a boss. You're amazing, male or female, okay? Everybody don't deserve us on the same level. What do you mean? You think God just made us to be for the streets? And again, this goes way beyond sex. Like, no, you deserve the best and the people who want the best for you. Everybody doesn't deserve access to you or your business or your energy just because they feel like they want to or because they feel like they should have a say. That's just not how it works. All right. You're special. Remember, you're a masterpiece. Act like it. All right. Talking to myself. Act like it, girl act like it and so back to men um I just think the point about them want to hoard out and then when they're ready uh then they're ready to settle down it's it's really a truly a win-win for men and another example of just life and society catering to a man's needs and wants because clearly that's not a need for them. It's a want, a desire. It's of the flesh. And boy is a men's fish, flesh fed so well in this world. They want to live out the flesh and then try to create something and holy and sacred when they're ready. As if all men can just turn the switch off and that desire and everything is just magically gone. Like those desires don't just magically go away. And no matter if male or female, whether you believe in God or not, you have to crucify the flesh daily. You might call it some different if you don't believe in God, but we all, if you're trying to really grow and be a better person, you have to crucify your flesh daily. It's an everyday battle. For all of us, it's in different ways. For all of us, it's in different ways. And instead of putting in the years of learning how to hear God's voice clearly and practicing discipline in more areas, uh, that way more areas than just sex, you want to test it out and test your willpower on the person you're choosing to spend the rest of your life with sounds risky to me a little too risky if you ask me but everybody has different levels of comfort when it comes to gambling in life and again I want to stress this point home it goes way past sex way past sex I'm not sitting here and trying to crucify the men because we all Come on, ladies, we have to be honest with ourselves and hold ourselves accountable because we all, ladies included, gamble with people and people in our lives and gamble with life and period from time to time as if we all have the time in the world to get it right or tomorrow is promised, even that you'll make it to nighttime of the day that you're living, right? You don't have, 
you don't even have to breathe your next breath if God doesn't want you to. And we take that for granted, right? Because it's a recurring blessing, we almost subconsciously almost feel entitled to it. All right, and now it is question time. I love getting these. So the question for this week, I'm leaving you anonymous, but if you hear your questions, congratulations. Here we go. This person said, hey, Mickey, I really enjoy your show. The way you speak about mental health and the struggles you face are really empowering. Oh, thank you. I've struggled with my decision to have kids because of my childhood. How can I overcome that fear? First of all, thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoy. And if it's an episode you don't like, just go listen to an oldie and a goodie. Um, or make sure you tune in next week. <laughs> thank you so much for all your support. Uh, Okay, getting to the question, how can I overcome that fear? If you have any tips, feel free to let me know because I'm still struggling with that myself. (laughs) All jokes aside, I will say this. I don't have the answers for that. That is something that I'm going through on my own journey. Will I more than likely have kids? Maybe, but... Is there still a big maybe? Absolutely. Because the state of this world, me being, my biggest thing is I don't want kids for show. And I don't want to raise kids just to be able to boss human beings around. Like I think some people have kids just to like boss them around. Like you have authority issues and you just need to feel in charge and in control. And I don't believe in having kids for just stuff like that. Or they're cute. Let's show them off. Or because society says have them. I think having kids is a really big responsibility. And sometimes, and of course I'm not married yet, so I could be very wrong. Sometimes I think having kids is more of a responsibility than being in a relationship and being married. Now, whatever pours from your marriage pours into your children. So whether it's good or bad, that's going to pour back out. And the way you parent from that relationship that's going to pour back into your children. And and it's not just your children. It's like the world, which is why it goes back to the point that we talked about earlier. When your relationships are messed up, that affects way more area than just that relationship being messed up. It leaks and it spills into different areas. Now, I would suggest therapy. If you're afraid of therapy and you believe in God, start with prayer ask God to reveal the root issues of why you don't want to have children. From when I've heard about like Jeannie Mai, I never thought she'd have kids. She, you know, met Jeezy. He was the right one. She felt safe enough to have a child. I think that's part of my problem. I need to feel safe enough to have a child. Yes, I'm a grown up in my twenties, but we all have inner children. And until I feel like I can really trust a person and it's a safe environment to have children in, that's when I'll make that call. Or when I feel like I can meet their needs and mine, that's when I'll make that call. When I feel like I'm in the right space mentally and spiritually, that's when I'll make that call. I think there's, for me, I don't know how much work is for you. There's so much work that I still need to do before I'm even ready to be a parent. And I won't have it all done and mapped out. So give yourself grace for that and know that off the bat, you will never have it all figured out. None of us in any area of life. So don't even try to have one of the most important jobs of anybody, whether you're a father or 
a mother or parental figure in somebody's life, you're never going to have it figured out. You're going to make mistakes. So give yourself room and grace for that. And I will say, don't let your past and your past trauma stop you from doing something that you really want to do. It sounds like you are thinking about the possibility of having kids. And it sounds like you would actually want to have kids. You're probably more convinced on the kid thing than me. So I would definitely say, don't cheat yourself of that beautiful experience. It's definitely going to be a responsibility. If you don't look at kids as a burden and you look at them as a blessing, you're 10 million steps ahead of me, right? There's still so much work that I have left to do. Um, And if it's something that you really want to try, don't let your fear of not having it correct all the time or being perfect or they're going to because they're going to experience pain. They're going to experience trauma. The goal is just to either not have to let them, if you can at all possible, not let them have to experience the trauma you did or just not have them in consistent traumatic situations their whole childhood. You know what I'm saying? That's the goal. (laughs) But pain is going to come while they're children and when they get older because it rains on the just and unjust and it's just a part of life. So I would say do therapy. If you don't believe in it, definitely start with prayer. Ask God to reveal the root issues of why. Like, where do you not feel safe? Where do you not feel worthy of? What do you not feel capable of? And even if you don't believe in God, you can ask yourself these questions and really do some deep self-evaluation and get to the root issues. That's what I would say start with start with getting to the root issues and then you could come up with solutions on how to work through your root issues and heal. And then once you heal, you'll know 100% whether you want to have kids or not. A lot of us, not even just when it comes to kids, when it can be relationships, anything in life, a lot of us are speaking from hurt places and we're just trying to protect ourselves from the pain that we've already experienced or trauma that we've already gone through. And Sometimes that protection comes with missing out on different things because you're cheating yourself. And I would never want you to cheat yourself out of, they say, the joys of parenthood and what parenthood can teach you and change you for the better, especially if it's something that, you know, you really do desire. You want to do it and you're trying to work through it. Heal, heal, heal. Therapy, Jesus. And if you don't want to do either one, Find some really, and I mean real, like self-help books, really do deep dive self inner work, do the shadow work, get to the root issues. And that way you can be the best version of yourself. You won't be perfect, but you'll be the best version of yourself and your kids will be more blessed for you. Sorry, that was kind of long. I hope that answered your question. I know I didn't get like point A, point B, point C, but everybody is so different. And I also, I'm kind of jaded. (laughs) when it comes to kids. So I would never want to taint your idea and image of having children. I just would not. So I say, ask a professional, take this advice at your own risk and good luck. Good luck. From the sounds of it, it sounds like you want to be a parent. Don't overthink it. Don't stress yourself out. Heal properly and your kids will benefit greatly from it and you, and you will make an amazing, an amazing parent. Good luck. All right, guys, that's all the time that we have on Blink Canvas today. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I can't wait to see what we talk about next week, guys. All right, bye.